Hello. Uh, remember me? Welcome back to the pod where it happens. I'm Mike Espejo, your fearless host. And I know it's been a while since I've been in the studio. It's been actually four months um, since I've done the pod where it happens. And I know I said I wanted to do them every three or four weeks, and that has not happened. So it's been more like the pod where it hasn't happened. So I apologize for that. Life has happened. Um, winter has gone by, and things happen, and um, I don't know. I don't have any excuses. But I will say this is the first pod where it happens where we're doing it. Well, we always do it here in the bowels, deep within the bowels of the headquarters, worldwide headquarters of Burlington Cable Access Television, deep within the bowels of Burlington High School, Burlington, Massachusetts. And this is the first time we're doing it without masks, which is kind of crazy. This is the first maskless podcast. This podcast was born under the uh, the, the uh, constraints of a pandemic, and we're not out of the woods yet, but we're slowly getting there. Um, so this is good good news. Um, since my last podcast, it was my last podcast is about Tom Brady. He's retired. Uh, Tom has left us, and uh, there are rumors he's coming back, but we shall see. Uh, per usual, I always start with a quote, and usually the quote um, relates to the subject at hand, but today it doesn't. It's a quote I saw and I love, and I just want to get it on my podcast. It is by Pope Francis, and the quote is, quote, Political life no longer has to do with healthy debates about long-term plans to improve people's lives and to advance the common good, but only with slick marketing techniques primarily aimed at discrediting others. In this craven exchange of charges and countercharges, debate degenerates into a permanent state of disagreement and confrontation. I love this quote just because I'm so frustrated and disenfranchised with the state of our country and our nation and how everything's so partisan and how we're so divided. And I thought that quote was great. But that uh, has nothing to do with the topic at hand. Today we're going to talk about something fun, reality TV. And it's something I don't know a lot about, um, but I brought someone on today who does know a lot about reality TV and watches a lot of it. Her name is Jess. Uh, Jess, welcome to the pod where it happens. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And um, we're just going to go right into it. So what um, reality TV, what, what, um, what has made you stick with watching reality TV? What, what do you like about reality TV? It's an escape. Um, I love scripted TV, of course, but um, although reality TV isn't as much reality as <laughs> as we like to think, it's still just an escape. Most of it's silly, fun. Um, some of it can be very serious, but for the most part, it's just just silly and fun, and it's just a way for me to just zone out um, and watch something that's not so heavy. Yeah, kind of get away from the stresses of yeah. the real, real everyday life. Yeah. We're going to get into your favorite reality TV shows uh, a little bit. Um, what was the first reality TV show you ever watched? I don't know the first I ever, ever watched, but I definitely did see season one of Survivor. Okay. And I feel like that kind of started all. Actually, I can go back farther than that. I did watch The Real World. Um, when Real World season one came out, I want to say I was like 11 or 12, and I did watch it. I don't think my parents knew that. Um, so I did watch The Real World for a few seasons, and I did see the original season. So that would be, I guess, the first one, because that was the 90s. And then I really, so I'd say was Survivor kind of 
Yeah, Survivor has been kind yeah. of a juggernaut, and Survivor is kind of why, and we'll get more into Survivor, kind of why we're doing this, because I was watching TV one day just recently, and I saw a commercial for Survivor, and they're on their, like, 22nd season or something yeah. crazy like that, and I was like, wow, I can't believe Survivor's still going, so that actually Survivor is kind of um, an inspiration for this, and I saw the reason how uh, the idea came, and my idea came to bring Jess on, was I saw... Uh, we were just on the um, local residence network on Facebook, and we were talk. Someone was talking about podcasts, and uh, Jess mentioned that she would always like to do a podcast or maybe do one. So I thought, and she liked reality TV. So I thought, why not bring her in, show her the studio, and um, give her a taste? And I mean, here at BCAT, we're always looking for uh, new content, new podcasts. Um, anyone who's a Burlington resident or works in Burlington can use this wonderful, beautiful studio. Um, free of charge, and the BCAT staff is really great. They'll teach you what to do, how to host it, and all that. I mean, I came into this not knowing anything about any of it. I just was a talker, I guess. So first, let's get into defining what reality TV is. And I was looking um, on Wikipedia, and it said the things that aren't reality TV are documentaries, TV news, sports, talk shows, and most game shows, which... Um, I find it interesting because some of the stuff we'll talk about later does kind of have a game show reality element. Um, the benefits of reality TV to producers are that it costs less to make than scripted television, um, that it's a uh, vehicle for instant celebrity, and sometimes even some political success, like our last president was on The Apprentice. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. I mean, you become, I mean, look at all the people from like American Idol, who've become uh, great successes off yeah. of that show. And um, I I didn't even realize the the kind of cultural impact that reality TV has had. You don't even realize how, how wide and how, uh, how vast it is. So it started off um, in the 40s with shows like Candid Camera. And through the 50s, 60s, 70s, you had Dating Game, Newlywed Game, um, in the 80s, there was That's Incredible. Did you ever watch that show? No. I remember Fran Tarkington was on that show. I used to watch it as a kid. And then the 90s, um, one interesting thing that uh, Wikipedia said was that the OJ chase and uh, trial was a form of reality television because that fateful day, I think in 94, it was the white Bronco chase and everyone watched that live and that was like real, real TV and then you know, the the standoff at the house, and then O.J.'s trial was on TV. So, I mean, that was kind of a form of reality television. Um, and then the 2000s, this is where reality TV, I think it was the, the golden age where it really took off and blossomed with shows like Big Brother, Survivor, um, Amazing Race, which didn't start out great, but now flourishes mm-hmm. and still uh, people love that show. Uh, the Mole. Did you ever see that show? I love that show. I, I didn't watch that, but I know, I know what it is. But yeah. I didn't watch that one, yeah. And then American Idol, x Factor, Biggest Loser, and Top Chef. And there's also a genre of uh, cooking shows and uh, reality shows. Um, a, a local uh, friend of mine, Jen Royal, she was on The Taste, and she was a finalist for The Taste, and now she's opened... Table Boston, um, a great Italian restaurant in the North End. So it can kind of be a, um, a vehicle for people to, again, all types, uh, 
all walks of life, all professions, all uh, vocations. Um, in reality TV, they've got they've got um, I mean, a pretty much a show for everything. Um, and then that has blossomed into the 2010s, where The Voice, which is probably one of the most successful uh, reality TV shows of all time, and um, stuff like Duck Dynasty, <laughs> The Bachelor, which is the only reality TV show I think I really watch. And I watch it, and I I don't know if I should say this to you. Um, I kind of watch it for the unintentional comedy, just because, you know, they always say the most dramatic rose ceremony ever. And I, I'm a horrible person. I, I don't think I laugh harder in life when except when I'm watching The Bachelor, just because of the, the drama, um, uh, just the fighting, um, how ridiculous it is that someone... I just laugh every time because they say I'm going to find true love by dating these 30 people, which is just yeah, I'm an old soul. I'm old fashioned at heart. And I just that like goes against everything about romance and love to me. And I will say I don't watch the group dates, but I watch the, um, the individual dates because sometimes there are some soft, sweet moments and I'm kind of a big sap and they're kind of cool dates and uh, they're nice. Sometimes there are nice moments sprinkled in. So I'm a little victim of that, too. Um, what are some of your favorite reality shows? Oh gosh, I have watched a lot, but I'd say a lot of what you were mentioning are like the competition shows. Okay. Um, so there's, there's, I'd say there's different types of reality shows. There's those competition ones like Top Chef and Survivor, even Big Brother. Um, and I do watch some of those. I dip in and out of Big Brother. I dip in and out of Top Chef, but I'm less of a competition okay. than I am about what I call trash, trash TV. Okay. So I like um, things like 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup and everything on Bravo. So all the Real Housewives shows and things like that. Um, one of my super top ones is Love Island UK, not the US, the US version is crap. Okay. Love Island UK. So I guess you could say that's a little bit of a competition. But it's different than like The Bachelor um, in that so, way. So why is the UK version better than US? Um, it's produced a lot better. I think it's casted a lot better. I don't know what it is, but the US can just – they cannot get the casting down right. Okay. There's just a formula that the UK has that the US tries to reproduce that they just can't. They just can't quite nail nail it. Um, the hosting is, is better. Um I like the accents too, but oh, um, the accents. I love the English um, accent. But it's just overall a much better produced and casted show than the U.S. The U.S. just can't get their groove with it, and it started in the U.K. I was so going to say, where did it start? U.K. It started in the U.K. Now they have U.S. Uh, and they, Australia has a decent version, um, so it's it's kind of expanding out because a lot of the U.K. Um, people have become really. You could say big stars over there, and and have made big careers off of it. So, um, now ninety day fiance, yeah. what is that about? So there's various spinoffs of ninety days. So the original ninety day fiance is um, someone in the U.S. is dating someone from another country, and um, they want to get married. Sometimes they want to get married so that they can kind of be together. So the U.S. has uh, a fiancé visa. It's called a K-1 visa, and you have 90 days to marry someone once they come here. So if you are dating someone from another country, 
you brought them here, they can be on a visa for 90 days, and in that 90 days, you have to get married to them. Don't people do that to kind of circumvent um, citizenship, citizenship rules and don't they do that for money? I don't know. I don't know we're kind of getting off track. No. I mean, I think in the beginning of the show, uh, you could see there was a lot more kind of for love mm-hmm. uh, couples. Um, and as it's progressed, it, there's definitely a lot more where it, they either want to just be on TV or – they want a green card type situation, um, but it's usually you know usually the people haven't dated. It's not like they're dating for five, ten years, and now let's get married. It, it it's a lot of um, I went on a bang trip vacation, <laughs> I met someone on vacation, and now we're going to get married, and we've only spent ten days together total, and now you know, we're going to get married. Because they fell in love? They fell in love. And there's a lot of, you know, Mormons that have gone on missionary trips and then found someone and they want to bring them over. Or um, more recently, it's a lot of, I met someone on the internet uh, who may or may not be real. Catfish is another (laughs) Yeah, there's been been some catfishing on the show. So now they have spinoffs. There's like 90 Day Happily Ever After where they're actually really not Happily Ever After, but it follows the couples after the 90-day process. They've got before the 90 days, which is they're just dating. They haven't filed for the K-1 visa yet. So oftentimes the American's going to the other person's country to visit them to see if they want to get married. Um, and they, they've got – there's just oh, – there's a whole bunch of spinoffs. Uh, how do, there's 90-day the other way where the American is moving overseas <laughs> to be with the that person. How do they enforce that? Like Like – is that like, I guess at the end of 90 days, that you become a fugitive in? I mean, technically, your visas run out and you have to go home. I suppose you could not go home and... Yeah, we have illegal aliens here. Right, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, love after lockup? What? Oh, give me gosh. the story about that. That is the that height like, of trash TV. That sounds it like is, right my alley. It is absolute trash. And sometimes it gets very sad, but overall it's very amusing. So that is someone is dating... A pris- or I shouldn't say an inmate, prisoner is not a nice word, um, an inmate or an incarcerated person. Um, and they um, usually when the show starts, the incarcerated person is still in prison but just about to get out. And then it follows them. They get out of prison. And how's that relationship going? Um, and oftentimes, again, it's people who met people on prison dating websites. There are prison dating websites? Yes. So I was yes. just going to ask, I'm a single guy, how do I get a prison check? There are many dating prison dating websites and you can go on and you can, you know, see a nice picture of someone and probably see what they've what they're done and so start being their say, pen pal and phone calls and letters and Does it say their offense? It should, I think so. Yeah, and does it, it say how much time they have left so it you should. know how much time you got to wait? It should. I mean, I I, I don't peruse prison <laughs> websites. I don't know. I I believe I should. Yep. And it's so it's sad because a lot of them on the show, I not just the prisoners, sometimes the people on the outside have drug issues and that's where it gets sad. And a lot of times like they've got children and their children involved. So sometimes it feels sad, but overall it's just amusing. So I'm divorced and I hate online dating. Like I said, I'm um I'm an old soul and I'm very old fashioned and I like you get on Bumble, Tinder, Plenty of Fish. And it feels um, – it doesn't feel real to me. You know, it's like um, – it just feels manufactured. And I'm wondering if I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Maybe I should get on these prison you chick websites. get on the prison, yeah. 
because you can see, you know, yes. I don't want like I don't want a felon. Like I, I can't in good conscience marry a felon, but maybe couple misdemeanors, bad luck. And you can see which jail, like. Yeah, I, I, I again, I don't peruse the prison <laughs> websites, but from what I could tell, um, yeah, I'm fascinated. Sure, um, just don't send them a lot of money. We find a lot of times they get sent. You know, did they do it on the show? Oh yeah, I mean, there are people who who spent fifty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars on the on the incarcerated person, um, and the incarcerated person is just taking them for a ride and maybe they have five other people going on the outside that they're getting money from so i would just advise don't send money that's okay. all that's kind of good advice for yeah. pretty much any anything in life don't send money to kind of strangers you could also find a 90 day fiance because you can go on international dating websites oh. and uh find someone just don't send them money either until you know for sure but you could do you know you could do that do they show episodes where like the prison sentence ends and they show the like the first reunion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, that's the, the whole show, right? Yeah, that's the whole show. And then it's how they live after. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, and they just started a new spinoff that literally just started called Bef- uh, "Love Before Lockup." That's the the person's not going to get out, but they're showing them kind of dating while the person's in there. So there's a, there's less. You can kind of see some from the incarcerated person with um, phone calls and. FaceTime when they can do that, but there's less with it. So I'm guessing that if you have like a life sentence, you're not. Al- would you be allowed to go on those websites? I'm sure. No, you could probably go on there. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, uh, Charles Manson had a wife, didn't he, or a girlfriend or something? I don't know. I believe did he, he did. He did. Yeah. I believe he but did. But didn't he have her before? No. Oh. I believe I don't know if it was like long term, but he did marry someone while in prison. I mean that. Um, forgetting the name, but that guy that uh, had a mistress and then he murdered his. His w- pregnant wife and I don't know. Anyway, he he's got girlfriends. He's this it. is fascinating. It's kind of romantic in a way that love finds its way through the prison bars. Like everyone, like love conquers all, even incarceration. This is, I mean, this Incar- is new territory for me. Yeah, incarcerated people deserve love too. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you. I mean, we all do. It's something that, like a huge. I'm. Like, but the people on the show usually are not the the people outside of prison are not really functional people. A lot of them, it, part of why I guess I like it, yes, for amusement, but also you can kind of see how people work. You can analyze. And one of the podcasts I listen to that talks about these shows, they talk about 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup. What podcast is it? The Reality Gaze. Okay. They they One's a life coach and one is a therapist, although not a practicing therapist practicing therapist they really dig deep into the psyche of the people um and you know unsolicited analyzing of them obviously but they really dig deep into it and really have a full-on discussion about it and i find it highly fascinating because even though reality tv is not scripted but it is produced some of it is some scenes are producer set up um or they're coached on what to do or what to say but at the same time this is a real person presenting their real self. And so the, some of the things that they say and do are obviously them saying and doing it, not scripted. So even if it can be highly produced, you're still seeing that person. And love after lockup can be really <laughs> raw because they're not – like I'd say with Bravo, Real Housewives, right? Those women know what they're doing. 
they can produce themselves. Like they know, Kardashians. they know the game. They they know the game. They know that they're supposed to pick fights about stupid things. They uh, produce what they do and don't show of their personal life. So it's really them, but but they know what they're doing. They're kind of acting in a way. Um, Love after lockup. I mean, these people are not smart enough to fully be acting. They're because they're just hot messes of people. So you really are kind of seeing them raw. Um, in the situation. So none of them, I'd say, are functional in relationships. You'd, you'd be very functional, so you could probably, I'd probably find a I'd, successful I, relationship. I would probably kill it in the prison you dating scene. It. I would. You would kill it. So, uh, I mean, no pun intended. No. Yes. Um, well, pun intended. <laughs> um, so this is a good transition into reality television. So how much of it is real reality? How much of it is, like, maybe soft scripted or nudged in the right direction i'll i'll kind of yeah. pitch it to my where my wheelhouse is like on the bachelor if they know that one girl is being the you know the house bully or the they they probably try and play it up and say hey keep her around a couple of weeks she's good for the show the girls hate her and i know no doubt like i sit there and go why doesn't she get rid of mandy i hate that girl like but i'm sure that there's be like the guys like i want to get rid of her and the producers probably say hey you got some time we got some episodes keep her around it's good drama it's good for the show how much of these shows do you think is like nudged or soft scripted or s- gently produced versus just filming and going? A lot. A lot. A lot. I'd say, you know, the very early days, obviously, the real world when it first came out in the 90s was probably not that much. Yep. I think that was a lot more yep. raw. Um, I'd say a lot of it is. I think that there is a general kind of storyboard, if you will. And it also depends on the show, like I said. But I think there's a general, like for the housewives, again, we'll go back to that. All of the women kind of need a storyline for the season. You know, I'm fighting with my husband. We might be getting a divorce or um, I don't know, whatever the drama might be in their life. So they have to, they know they have to come and come in with a general storyline. They know that they have to pick fights. Um, The producers definitely can kind of put things in their ears of like, you know, did you hear what she said about you? Or, you know, keep going with this or drag this fight out for absolutely for sure. I think nothing's scripted in terms of they're not reading a script, but they, especially The Bachelor, they know the game. So half of those fights and that girl that might be, you might drive you crazy. She's doing that partially on purpose because she knows it's good TV. So some of it they know what makes good TV. And she'll get screen time. And she'll get screen time. And the producers would obviously encourage that. Um, And then I think situations are set up too. Like a lot of – they put them in a certain situation that's completely producer set up. Oh, like, oh, wow, the two girls that hate Um, each other on this group date together. What a coincidence. Yeah. yeah, So there's set up situations. And it has has to be. I think if we just were just – here, I'm going to put a camera on you. Go. How many people could really make compelling TV week after week of just right with no direction? Right. Um, So there's a formula behind it. The producers know what formula works, and they massage it and they work it. And it's not really real per se. And I bet that there's different levels, like on like those competition shows, like Amazing Race, Survivor. Like there's probably hopefully less of a scripted element than those. Kind of drama shows, trash shows and stuff. Yeah. I'd say like Big Brother probably is say, less scripted because they do just kind of have a camera sitting on them 24-7. But when they go in the diary room, I'm sure the producers 
lead them with questions. So most shows have what they call a diary room um, and confessional. confessional, And I think that's when there's a lot of producer massaging. Like Love After Lockup has that. Housewives has that. Big Brother has that. You know, Top Chef. Like the most of the shows have that confessional and that's where they're prodded. When is Love After Lockup on? I'm going to check this out. It is on WeTV, which is women's entertainment television. Okay. do I have I that? Know. I have YouTube TV. Do I have that? Yeah, yes, you do. Yes. Uh, Friday nights. So you loved before lockup just ended. So lucky for you, yeah. the new season of the regular Love After Lockup is starting. I think this upcoming Friday. No way. The brand new season. I'm putting with this on brand my brand new couples. Now, what season is this of Love After Lockup? So. This is something that my podcast laugh about too. WeTV is terrible about numbering their seasons and episodes and it drives people nuts. So this technically is probably like season six, episode one, but they'll say on their website, season three, episode 85. Like they just, they take, they took like one season and they just, and they also put all the spinoffs all into it. So it's really bizarre. But anyway, it should be this Friday. I'm going to check it out. Um, I will. I'll let you know when I think. Not this Friday or the next Friday, but coming up, and it's brand new. So you can start from this season from the beginning with all new couples. And how do they find these people? Like, say, I may or may not check out these prison websites later this evening. Like, I'm not going to get on any reality show. Is this all, like, people that go on this, you'll be on the show? I think, well, a lot of shows do scouting. Like, Love Island will do scouting on Instagram. Do they want to look for influencers? So a lot of them are done that way even probably a lot of the bravo shows um love after lockup they might do some scouting but also at the end of every episode it says if you or someone you know is dating an incarcerated person please call this number or email or whatever the contact is and it has it at the end of every episode it's like if i find do you want to share your story if i find prison love will you nominate me for love after lockup yeah, yeah you can no- nominate yourself but <laughs> ab- absolutely can i w- can i be on as your friend that's trying to talk sense into you. Absolutely. I need that. I need Mike, that. Mike, what are you doing? Yes, I need Why that. Why did you give her $10,000? Hey, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for love. Yeah. That's incredible. All right, so yeah. we're, we're, this is going by too fast. Um, so what are your, all right, your top five all-time favorite reality shows? All time is hard because honestly, they're such trash that once the season's over, I forget about it. I okay. couldn't tell you what I watched five years ago because okay. you know. But I do like I, said, I love Love Island. That's mm-hmm. redundant, but Love Island UK. Um, I love Ninety Day Fiance and all the Real Housewives. Um, there's one on Bravo that's more wholesome. It's called Family Karma. Wholesome, wholesome reality. TV. No, it, it, it's called Family Karma. Okay. There, I'd say that there's a subcategory of family dynamic shows. And this is one of the best ones I've seen. It follows a um, a group of friends that are, I'd say, in their 20s to late 30s. Um, they're all Indian, Indian-American, and then and their families. And all the families are friends and know each other. So all the moms and dads and grandparents and stuff, there's no fighting really. I mean, there's enough conflict to make a show, but they're not drag out fighting each other. There's no – it's just kind of wholesome but compelling, and I love that one. It's called Family Karma. Okay. So I'd say it's only been on two seasons, but I love that one. And what channel is that on? Bravo. Bravo. Okay. Bravo. So WeTV and Bravo is where we I got to go to get you gotta this You got to go to – well, TLC has 90 Day Fiance. That's definitely in my top. Definitely. I binged – you can binge all of that on Hulu. Okay. I just 
I, I came into the game late, <laughs> and then I just like couldn't couldn't stop. And and all of its spinoffs. I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been great. I mean, I think I've learned a lot, and um, I have prospects for maybe you do to pick up the love in my life. Not just. Don't, just prison, but don't forget overseas. You can do international dating websites. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, this opens a whole new. Because then you could be on ninety day fiance. Yeah, this opens a whole new, you know, ball ball of worms for me. Maybe yeah. we'll have you back on after I find my prison yes. girl, and we can talk about that. Yes, again, yeah, again, I'm your friend. On the, you know, oh I'm yeah, your friend that's talking sense into you. That's right? crazy. Yeah. Well, this has been great. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Yes. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time on the pod where it happens. Of course, thank you. And you've given me some new things to watch, and um, yeah, I'm going to definitely check out ninety Love After Lockup. Love After Lockup and Ninety Day Fiance. Yeah, I may check that out too. But Love After Lockup this Friday, I think at nine p.m. on WeTV. WeTV, women's television, <laughs> women's entertainment television. Now, that's why can't men watch that? <laughs> they can. I don't know. And TLC is the learning channel, but there's no learning involved anymore. You learn to watch reality TV. Yeah, there's no more learning. Well, all right, folks. Um, this has been the pod where it happens. Um, if you have any uh, questions or suggestions about my uh, foray into prison dating, you can get me on Instagram at HappensPod or on Facebook uh, under HappensPod. Um, I promise you I will try and get back into the studio more often to have compelling discussions about prison wives. And maybe I'll have some episodes about my new prison girlfriend that I can talk about. Um, four months is inexcusable, and I apologize, and um, I'll try and be better. So... Look out for each other. Um, step out of your comfort zones for each other. Like Ta- Ted Lasso says, be a goldfish. Um, the world would be a lot better place if we um, look out for each other and do those type of things. So this has been the pod where it happens. Uh, thank you very much, Jess, for coming thank on. Thank you. Um, love you, mean it, uh, everyone out there. And thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the flip side.